0: You're listening to Creative
1: Voices, sponsored by Tree Park Store. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Creative Voices. Thanks again for joining us, guys. Um, and just for clarity, yes, I am, Jeff.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, and I'm Andrew. <laughs> I, I, I swear I'm Andrew. <laughs> um, God, I really hope you listened to last week's episode. of that one again. any sense at all whatsoever.
1: <laughs> if you haven't, stop this. Yeah, go yourself, listen to go the back. other one.
0: Go back to the back. first
1: episode, yeah. support us, like us on... Yes,
0: exactly. Please <laughs> like,
1: subscribe. <laughs> so, kind of in a very loose-themed fashion, <laughs> following on from what we've been talking about, Yeah. today's episode, we wanted to discuss something around the, the theme, in a general sense, of toxic masculinity, which could be a fairly broad spectrum of a of a topic. But first off, I think Andrew had mentioned to me before we came on here and wanted to talk about... <laughs>
0: First off, on the topic of Talk toxic to masculinity, Andrew. I think Andrew. Andrew has something he wants <laughs> to <laughs> say. Okay, so
1: you had a, a, a film recommendation. I so do have a film. recommendation. Yes,
0: I do. Um, and I'm going to anticipate that most of the people listening, uh, you know, our massive audience, has probably already seen this. Um, hmm. It's called Promising Young Woman. Um, it, I believe... I'm trying to think actually where you could get it from now. Um, I saw it
1: on the no, you saw it on TV now or no, box, right. or whatever the hell it's called, and I think it's part of Sky Cinema.
0: Pass. Yeah, we got it on Sky. That's it. Um, it's called Promising Young Woman. It's a 2020 American comedy thriller. Believe it or not, uh, combination of the two is a, an interesting one. It always has been for me. Um, it stars Kerry Mulligan um, as the lead character. Yep. Stellar performance. I always like. I think she's just such an amazing actress. Do you know Carrie
1: Mulligan? The name sounds familiar. What do I know her from?
0: You know now. This is the this is it. I say that I love a person, uh, love an actress, and then I, ca- I immediately forget hmm. what they've been in. What so, Andrew
1: means is he respects her as an actress. Just for clarity, there. Why? What did I say? You said you love an actress. Uh, yeah,
0: no, <laughs> I respect her as an actress. Uh-huh. God, I'm off to bad start, start here, Andrew. About, Come on, man. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. She was in uh, an education, the coming of age drama in 2009. She was in Never Let Me Go in 2010. She was in Drive.
1: Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I think that's where I've
0: seen her, yeah. I think that's the one that really, where she really seemed to, she was in Shame as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, So you know the one anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Just brilliant actress. Uh, Yeah, so she's the lead in this anyway. And she plays a woman who's seeking to avenge the death of her best friend who was a victim of rape. So it's a cheery start. Um, It's got some, uh, like, an amazing cast as well. It's got Bo Burnham, um, it's got Alison Bree and Clancy Brown and Jennifer Coolidge and Laverne Cox. Anyway, it's got this kind of like slightly. I think it's really in right now. This poppy eighties kind of vibe, yeah. like everything's kind of neon pink, lipsticky kind of, yeah, kind of, which is really cool. It's
1: funny actually because you say that, and I, I do remember the one thing I remember last night is just seeing in the kind of preview box even that kind of like semi kind of Blade Runner vibe to the tones of it. You know? Yeah
0: yeah exactly but it's just so well written and it's about as I've just said I mean it's about someone avenging their friend who was a victim of rape and um, consent features heavily in it obviously Um, because it's not just about the one instance it's about a woman who goes through a series I'm not giving too much away by telling you this because it's in the trailer yeah but her ploy is to kind of trick men into believing that she's drunk okay and end up back at their place and then reveal otherwise and whatever um, it's just so nuanced, right? So you've got the men, you know, you've got the one guy who kind of, he seems genuinely quite, quite concerned for her, and quite nice, and look, I'll get you a taxi, I'm leaving anyway, you know, we'll get in the car, I'm kind of thing. I've had a few drinks myself, we'll just, you know, I'll see you off, and it's all fine. And then, you know, they're in a taxi and he goes, oh well, and she's like, fall about drunk, or so he thinks. She's yeah, absolutely yeah. can't keep her head up, and then ends up he ends up going. Oh, we're, we're just actually—that's my place there. Why don't you just stop and come up for a beer, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that kind of thing. Um, so it's all the even the nice guys who think they're nice, yeah, aren't necessarily or have been guilty of not being that nice. Um, and this comes off the back of like we're talking radical candor here and everything. I mean, I know we've, we've been laughing and joking and whatnot, but it all—you know—I'm going to be a dad soon. I say this in almost every fucking episode, yeah. so. <laughs> But more personally, I'm going to be a dad to a girl. Mm. Um, And so, as we've said in the parenting episodes and whatnot, we've discussed, like, it makes you, you said, right, that it makes you you reflect. Yeah, yeah. And what it's like to, you know, how you've been as a man growing up and whatever. And I made an offhand, probably off color comment at one point in one of our recordings where I kind of said, and I think I pointed out it was off color, but I said, um, you know, oh, did, did she always consent? <laughs> mm. Which I realize in retrospect probably wasn't great. And my sister actually called me out on it. She actually, she'd listen to the episode. Yeah. Big fan, big fan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she'd listen to the episode and uh, she'd heard that and she said, you know what? Wasn't okay. That wasn't okay. Probably not the best, probably not the best representation of who you are or what you believe in. Mm. Um, I think I just defaulted, joking about serious things because well otherwise it's I think
1: a lot of us do to be fair because it's one way of it's you know coping with stuff but I think it's just a very good illustration of how even right now as we're discussing this it's it's a constant learning curve yeah you, know, you have to yeah kind of break away from the learned behavior and the environment you go up on and moderate yourself at all times Yeah, and not ever really believe that you're going to be the perfect version of the guy you need to be because unfortunately it's far too easy for us all to fall back into those roles unless we monitor ourselves
0: Yeah, Yeah. because
1: despite how far the world has come in some ways we did just have a discussion a couple episodes back about the whole Me Too situation which just shows that that behaviour is so prevalent Yeah, not just and I know that's kind of stuff that has happened but it's still happening that for guys and anyone who isn't careful, the reinforcement in the wrong direction is very easily accessible for them.
0: Totally, totally. I mean, my, um, like, I mean, I mean, I was raised by fairly kind of progressive and decent kind of hum- parents, humans. <laughs>
1: <laughs> humans. Um, yeah. Uh,
0: so, but I never got, first of all, I never got to sit down and talk about sex or mm relationships really... Like, I don't an think out- any kid did in the issues to answer <laughs> which <laughs> No, no. Fair enough. Exactly, exactly. So even however kind of forward-thinking and progressive the parents might have been, yeah. I mean, I know that a book showed up somewhere yeah. at some point in my possession that was like, you know, the mechanics of it all.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: which is the least important part in some ways. You know? In some ways, yeah. Uh-huh. That's what, like You'll figure that one out, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but in terms of the, the power dynamic and the inter personal relationship thing and what to expect and what not to expect and whatever no one really sits you down even with the sex education at school that you mm. got no one sat you that like it was always like rape mm. or forced kind of uh like coercion or whatever it was always the guy in the bushes who jumped out
1: yeah you know when in fact the reality is it's it's a much bigger danger from someone you know or you know connect look we've we've seen this like throughout how many cases were like especially in abuse cases it's always someone who's quite close to the family member or someone you know and that's what makes it even more difficult i would think for the victims because it feels then like as if they're the ones who are afraid to because of the risk of like well maybe this is you know yeah it's a it's a particularly heinous behavior i think when abuse happens from someone who I mean it's terrible anyways but someone within the family or someone that they're supposed to trust or someone who's supposed to protect someone that's just the ultimate
0: betrayal isn't it really an
1: absolute yeah yeah.
0: but I mean so I suppose I'd I'd want to start off a topic like this once I I keep drawing attention to this as well but two kind of privileged white men yeah (laughs) I know yeah in, in the western world and whatever with asking kind of what was what was your what was your image of masculinity growing up? What was your idea of what a man should be growing up? Well, how was it kind of? I'm not asking you to trip it blame or anything, but like, what was your sense of what a man should be? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because
1: it was, as you said, the power dynamic. It's like everything is informed by what you read and what you see, mm-hmm. and you know, born in the early '80s, growing up in the '90s, like. Was there a slight shift towards more progressive thinking? Yes, absolutely. But the media is still absolutely dominated. More progressive thinking. Progressive, yeah. But media is still absolutely dominated by like male centric.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: You know, it's still here, unfortunately. Like, all the movies are built around. Like, how many many tropes have we seen in movies where, even now, if it's going to be a movie, the guy is generally the main character, yeah, and he's yeah. usually, you know, the one who wins the situation. And like, could we just see a movie where there could be two characters and they don't have to have a physical relationship just because one's a male and one's a female? Like, yeah. you know, is that completely necessary in this day
0: and age? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I just this sense of like masculinity, without wanting to get all kind of dry and academic, kind of because I'm not an academic. Yeah. <laughs> But like masculinity seems to have been historically throughout the ages, uh, kind of uh, it was it connoted um, kind of forceful and mm-hmm. angry and domineering and conquering and and a lot of the language that we use still to this day kind of I think reflects that. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of examples here, but
1: well, I guess you've you've hit the nail on the head there. Like we're discussing. The topic is, as people know it, is toxic masculinity. But even the word masculinity itself has become somewhat toxic. And it's almost, what should it really mean? Because the concept of being masculine has become so far away from any sort of positive connotation that, how do you want to define it?
0: Yeah. You know? Because, I mean, it's like, you know, and inevitably when you're talking about masculinity... Mm. As a aside from toxic masculinity, then things like trans rights and, you know, uh uh queer rights and by uh, um I've forgotten the terminology here, apologies. Mm. <laughs> but um the rights anyway, people who don't who who do not feel like they fit into a neat little kind of box thing. Mm. I mean that obviously comes into the conversation and it's it really it, it it forces us to interrogate our sense of our notion of what it is too, yeah. because at the same time as you know someone from someone who is born with a female sex but feels more of a male gender, mm. they're aspiring to an idea of something. Yeah. But at the same time, we're kind of theorizing doesn't necessarily exist yeah. or that is constructed, which makes it complicated, doesn't mm. it? Which is not to I mean I'm you know I'd like to call myself an ally and whatever. I don't have any you know, um, I'm just reflecting on it kind of at a distance, subjectively, like I said, trying to be dry.
1: Yeah, I guess, you know, as you say, that occurs to me, like we talked about the whole parenting thing a few episodes back and you mentioned it there as well. And I think the comment I made about at the time was like how, you know, having, being a parent and having a daughter may me worry about my behaviour as a man and Mm -hmm. trying to be a better man I'm like even that sentence is kind of problematic because surely I should just try to be a better person
0: yeah that's a very good way of putting
1: it yeah and I'd like to think that I try and make effort around my behaviour in general as Mm -hmm. a person but even that's right there is a problematic sentence that I said you know yeah and
0: yeah that's a very good
1: point yeah you know it's just the benefit of hindsight as you said there I was like yeah you know what that probably wasn't great either on my behalf because yeah. I'm, I'm inferring that like there's a specific role for me to fill as a man in, in a, a kid's life, which there isn't. No. You know, because it doesn't matter if it's me and Yvonne or if it's, yeah. you know, two men raising a child or two women raising a child. Yeah. It's that implies unfairly by me that there'd be something missing then by that scenario, which there isn't. Absolutely. I mean, no. the best I suppose you can hope for is to display behaviour as a person that's sympathetic to others around you and conscientious of everyone's right to be the person they want to be absolutely and to fill that role in their own life in whatever way and i guess it's it's difficult because it's probably in the same way that like people from our parents generation and even their parents may not be intentionally like misogynistic or racist and i say that in that like some of them do try (laughs) you know but sometimes behaviour slips out that they don't probably even realise they genuinely don't even realise that's I mean Jim Jefferies the comedian makes a great series about this where he talks about his dad fucking love Jim (laughs)
0: Jeffries have you
1: seen the one where he talks about his dad is voting for
0: for gay rights and stuff I actually don't remember that you're going to have to so
1: essentially his dad was all like oh they can do whatever they want as long as they leave me out of it and Jim Jeffries is like you know it's not like two guys have been hooking up in Adelaide on a Saturday night and they're like you know what we should get Gary Jeffries involved in this (laughs) he's like what a ridiculous thing to say you know it's like you know what does it have to do with you
0: yeah exactly exactly no absolutely It's. We could go down a whole other rabbit hole about kind of the right wing and their sense of where where people should not interfere and people should. But um, talking about language again and how it kind of how you said there you don't want to you know use that phrase being a man and whatever and Mm. whatnot. I mean, growing up in Malta, for example, and that's I keep having to refer to Malta because that that is where I grew up, right? It's not dissimilar to Ireland, as we've spoken about in previous episodes. Mm. Um, very Catholic, uh, pretty working class mm-hmm. um, for the most part, and their sense of uh, what it means to be a man is straight out of uh, It's like if you had a, a catalogue,
1: yeah,
0: you know, and you picked it out, mm. replete with the. So you know, you've got to have a certain level of aggression. You've got to have a certain uh, you know, it would be bizarre if you weren't to savagely beat the man your woman had an affair with. Mm. You wouldn't, Like, there's all this kind yeah, of... Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And it's... um The funny thing really is, like, toxic masculinity, ultimately, there is no winner in that because, you know, you yourself are not being allowed to be vulnerable either. You're not allowing yourself mm-hmm. to do that vulnerable thing. And it mm. had, I guess in an evolutionary sense, it made sense at some point where you had to like toughen the fuck up and get on with things.
1: I mean, look, maybe that was a role that had to be filled from a purely genetic point of view at some point in time. Yeah. But unfortunately, the the biggest purveyors of toxic masculinity obviously are guys, but then the biggest ones against people changing are men as well because mm-hmm. guys are afraid to behave in any way that they say, think will be judged by other men to be. Yeah. it takes It takes real courage, I think, yeah, these days and now yeah but imagine like 20-30 years ago to try and change the mould and show yourself to be something else absolutely like, absolutely it's it's interesting because I had these series of books I got for the kids I think I, mean, I mentioned them before they're called um, Little People Big Dreams I think
0: that sounds vaguely familiar I'm yeah sure. so
1: they're an illustrated series of, yeah. of kids books and they take historical figures and they tell their stories and like it's like 12-14 pages
0: each right, so yeah Size, kind but
1: like Emmeline Pankhurst is one of them that I'm reading for Thea and um, Rosa Parks yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Cool. And Jane Austen. Yeah. And like it's amazing how we're talking about this here now, but the movement is only still so fresh because most, like, I'd say three of those books to start with, like, Jane grew up and whatever, or Emily, and it was like things weren't very good for women at the time. I'm like like, it's necessary for her to know that and learn the history of it. But it also feels a bit shit to be telling like a kid, you're lucky, because things were shit then. And, like, so much of it is, like, Emmeline Pankhurst, obviously, the suffragette movement and yeah. talking about voting rights for women. And, like, that's not that long ago. No, not at all. It's baffling to think that, like, your grandparents, great grandparents, could have lived in a world where that was seen as being yeah. okay. And I guess... The danger around everything that we find ourselves talking now is like, I'm hoping that maybe in years to come, some of our behaviour right now, which we think is very moderated, and, and will actually be highlighted to be completely wrong. Yeah.
0: So that's the problem with history. Like when you're learning about history, it's like it talks about everything as if it's it's in the past. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. And it's
0: like you're actually in the arc of it. Sometimes you're kind of yeah. like,
1: I I would like say myself, and I think I mentioned before, like I'm
0: definitely not a very lad
1: kind of lad you know what I mean and that's that's fine I'm, I'm absolutely comfortable with that and I, I hate a lot of that behavior around it yeah. but it's funny how easily guys can slip into those roles yeah. just like some sort of group dementia or or delusion or something that happens when enough guys get together that no matter how reasonable or yeah. normal a guy they are individually something happens
0: yeah the the crowd mentality the group I mean it takes a lot. It's you have to sustain your energy to be if if you're fighting against the tide the whole time that mm. is tiring, mm. right? So in I can say for example going back to the whole Malta thing that whilst it didn't actually feel instinctively natural for me to behave the way I did, mm. I did because everyone else did. Yeah. So you know as forever getting into fights and kind of I did for a large part of you know my teens up until my early twenties even when I thought I'd kind of calmed it down on the subconscious level, I was still probably thinking in terms of how a woman could help validate my sense of self. Yeah. Right. Because a lot of the growing up in, in Malta, a lot of the, I don't know. If it's, I'm assuming there's some overlap and similarities with Ireland mm-hmm. and much of the world, but a lot of the, up, the upbringing, the, you don't get f- affirmation and validate. You don't get taught how to f- validate yourself you're constantly having to get the approval from those around you, so yeah. it's status that you're always taught to aspire to. Yeah, you know, it's not kind of introspection and reflection, and you know, reading's not a big thing in Malta. It's got one of the lowest literary, literacy rates in Europe. Really? Yeah. Now I read, you yeah. know, rapidly, prolifically, kind yeah. of hungrily, but uh, but um, most of my cohorts, most of the people around me, didn't, mm. and so. Um, uh, gradually I began to put that away you know and then it yeah. became I took up boxing and the, you know I was getting into yeah. fights and kind of getting arrested and all that kind of jazz and you assume this persona and you very quickly begin to forget and it took years to then realise years years up until like fairly you know I'm moving to Ireland and stuff to be like actually I'm beginning to realise who I am now yeah because for so long you're told to act before you think yeah in a way does that make sense? Yeah,
1: I mean, I guess it's it's far too easy in this world. And it, this is what happens too often is, is external validation, as you mentioned. You know, yeah. it's it's rare. Like the only person you should ever, it's a hackneyed phrase, but the only person you should ever measure yourself against is yourself. You're, you should be your only own competition. But that's that's easy to say and less easy to do. Yeah. Because it's, it's reinforced everywhere around us, no matter how much we're all fighting against it right now. Um, it's in every bloody mainstream song music video TV show whatever yeah. it's right there to you know
0: yeah I had uh, I had a history teacher at school uh, obviously <laughs> <laughs> and he made it a point which I thought was quite admirable at the time but he made it a point to write the word history on the whiteboard and circle his mm-hmm and you know do that whole it's his, his story, story. Yeah, but yeah. there's more to it yeah you know and you know how in the French Revolution it was the women who took to the streets crying for bread you know and some of the men had to dress up as women yeah to bolster the numbers and kind of whatever And yeah um, which I thought he was quite good for but uh,
1: or the classic example of like you know the whole war effort in World War One and World War II where all the men went off to fight but yeah. so what lads Without all the women back home running the factories and doing yeah. all the stuff that needed to be done yeah. You know, there's wouldn't. a
0: really, there's a harrowing. Have you seen the film uh, The Craze?
1: No, I don't think so, no. Uh,
0: oh, a really good film about the Cray twins. Mm. Do you know the Cray twins? The mm. These End gangsters. Yeah. Um, uh, it's actually, it's played by the two brothers from Spandau Ballet. Okay. Yeah. They actually do really good. Yeah. 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 They're actually, it's pretty scary. It's pretty unsettling. But there's a point in it anyway where. I think it's their mother, their ever doting mother. You know, they couldn't do anything wrong in her eyes, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, but she kind of says about their father, or says about men more broadly. She's like, you know, it's all right for you. You all went off and fought uh, in the war and everything. Yeah. You know, we had to stay home. We had to te- we had to actually deal with yeah. the, the left behind and the damage. So she kind of inverts it all. Yeah, you yeah. Know, you, you fucked off. We had to stay for you. Like yeah, you know. yeah. And then she does this whole. She explains how i think there would, i might be uh, conflating scenes here but anyway the, at some other points in the film they say you know the bottom of the thames the river thames is is it thames or thames
1: thames i think
0: thames yeah. is littered with uh baby bodies from all the women who were left to take care of a child and had no one to help them yeah. stuff like that so yeah dark it's a bit bleak yeah (laughs) it is it is sorry let's (laughs) let's wind that back but the points i was Mm. just that was a long-winded way of saying yeah totally i i agree with you i get with i get what you're saying like that women just keep getting cut out of it all the time
1: well like there was even like the most recent example of this i saw especially in mainstream was um someone some of you may be aware of there was a re-release of the justice league film recently Mm. the big 4 hour version where in a nutshell, the original director, Zack Snyder, made the film, had a family... He must have
0: been drooling over right? Because he fucking loved that stuff, don't you? Uh,
1: I watched it. It was fine. I yeah. mean, it was four hours. I don't know why.
0: <laughs> what the whole film was a four-hour...
1: Yeah, yeah, the re-release. Yeah. So oh, he, they
0: didn't he, break it up into... No,
1: fucking... no, no. He shot it originally. Uh, he had to leave due to a family tragedy. Yeah. Uh, sadly, his, his his daughter died by suicide. Jesus. And then they brought in a different director, Joss, Joss Whedon, I think is his mm-hmm. name. And he shot reshot large portions of the film and then they released that, it was a shit show, and then there was this kind of like uh release the Snyder cut thing. Anyways, look, the point of this is that Zack Snyder came back, reshot some of the stuff, re released the film. But there was two major things that were kinda highlighted and one was the and there's actually been an investigation into the um Abuse of power on set by Joss Whedon when he came in to do I the reshoot. I heard reshoots. about this
0: actually.
1: Yeah, yeah. So there was the biggest thing, which was Ray Fisher, the the African American actor who plays Cyborg, and how he was pretty much cut out of the film. But the other one was um, around Gal Gadot, the actress who plays Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. So she had just um, come off the back of the success of the Wonder Woman film, which was the first uh, female superhero film directed by a female director. All right, that okay. had done huge business and was you know pretty much claimed as a damn good film. You know? Yeah. Um, well really well made, good actress. Or I mean, look, I'm aware this is an action movie and it's not gonna change. But my point is this. Sure. Gaga comes off that movie, she comes onto the set of the Justice League. Yeah. And then Joss Whedon, who by all accounts has a litany of history of problems, back really? to when he worked on Buffy the Vampire Slayer and a lot of the female actors, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, about his behaviour and how they could no longer keep quiet about the way he used to behave on set. Yeah. And he took you know, this character of Wonder Woman who's was supposed to finally give, you know, some agency to, like, female superheroes and stuff. And then, like, broke down her role into this, like, semi-kind of, like, humorous oh kind of fulfillment oh of the guys in the movie. And lots of the shots were framed and kind of really sexualized. kind of, and Fuck's sake. There's a very good comparison online where you can see how she was portrayed as a character. Yeah. By him as a director, and then now with a much more pivotal and important and, and rightly alongside role of, you know, and we're watching Justice League, um, which my wife thankfully endured with me, fair play to her. <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe she did because four hours, and I was watching more out of curiosity. I don't want to yeah. watch four hours either, but yeah. like if they cut out all the Leonard Cohen and the slow mo, it could be like two and a half hours. <laughs> but, you know, her point halfway through is like, like she wouldn't be as familiar with these characters as I me mean, she goes like well, why is there just her like surely there must be other female superheroes yeah. I was like
0: you know what it's like a token gesture isn't it you're, you're yeah.
1: like even giving back the agency to that that role and whatever it's still just an a cursory nod yeah but it, w- it was very enlightening to see how joss whedon who's up until this kind of broke had a lot of power in hollywood yeah is now being highlighted to be shown to the to the guy who inhabits these old kind of roles of the way he portrays and like these are the people who are making movies for yeah. the generation that are growing up. Yeah. And like, they,
0: they, they end up kind of dominating the narrative as a result. This is what's exactly. expected and this is Yeah. Oh yeah totally. And when it wasn't them it was the church, wasn't it really? Yeah. You but know? it's just Sorry, you were gonna
1: say? No, I'm just saying like it just shows you how even in something as frivolous and silly as a superhero film in the wrong hands can be damaging to, you know... Of
0: course. I mean, they they wield a lot of power. It's what a lot of people are watching. It's just funny that, like, you know, in 1989, I think was when the Berlin Wall fell, Mm. a lot of people, and I can't remember some of the main names, but a lot of people proclaimed that that was the end of history. We'd reached peak kind of evolution. We were, you know, now it was a democratic capitalist society where everyone was free to empower themselves they were, we were all free individual agents who could become the best versions of, of ourselves if we wanted to, if we just pulled ourselves up by our socks and did that, but that included you know, yeah. people from disadvantaged um, communities like uh, black, hispanic you know uh, the LGBTQIA plus, I, I don't know if I've got the acronym right, um, women you know, the, the the given was like, well, we've defeated the communist monster now And now we're all free to whatever without redressing any of the built in. And like we were saying, language. Now I'm struggling to find the right examples now, but in our day to day, like you said, like how to be a good man and whatever, there's plenty of instances of that which which shape our relationships with our partners, with our female friends, with Mm. all the time. Yes. And it's just like I remember reading The Crying of Lot 49 by Thomas Pynchon. Um, back in college and there's a part where there's a painter reference called Remedios Varo, and there's a painting and it's like it's a bunch of women in a tower and they're weaving and they're weaving tapestry that flows out of the tower, spills out like kind of like Rapunzel's hair, but that is actually the landscape around it like Mm. they're weaving their world into existence basically, right? We create the world that we... And language has so much to do with that. Mm. The way we frame and determine things, it's framing, isn't it? Yeah. You know, they say that's so true of why conservatives and liberals and whatever think the way they do is that they're raised with a certain, like, even a sense Use of morality.
1: Of and, yeah. It's funny that you mention, like, Rapunzel, because have you read, and this will be something that will come up for you soon, kids' fairy tales recently? I haven't really, no. Man, talk about a breeding ground for the kind of behavior you're talking about. Really? Oh, you know all the women need sense. to be rescued and all the guys are princes yes, and are to save them. It's actually, just yeah. utter
0: nonsense. The damsel in distress is always it's like, yeah. It's such utter nonsense. Like it is. It. it is. Which is why, when you do come across, so you know, much like the books that you're referencing there, I mean, Sinead's bought up now I don't remember what they were called, but they're, they're a collection of books that kind of reference their bi- biographies of mm. people like, I wonder actually if it's the same collection now. Yeah. Rosa Parks and, you know, uh, Emily Pankhurst and whatever. Um but when people take fairy tales and narratives and repurpose them with female characters and stuff, yeah. I mean I, I personally quite like that. Yeah. You know, the agency and everything. But the backlash too, when you think of like, you know, Ghostbusters and everything and the female version of it. Yeah. Or the the notion that Bond could be a woman. Yeah. You know, I think that'd be quite refreshing. Yeah. Like when, but there's you know, there's a fear as well that kind of everything you're used to and everything that has helped you form your own identity. You're so tethered to the idea. Sure to
1: have fragile people's... Right? And that's the other thing, I think, you know, fragile masculinity as well as toxic masculinity. Um, and let me actually just say here as well, I think we're both painfully aware that this is, as you said, two guys sitting, sitting in Yeah. The, now, unfortunately, the reality is right now, we obviously can't have other people in, but no. we would absolutely and completely welcome... Toaster. Because I think there's probably still lessons for us to learn all All the time time. I realise you know
0: (laughs) all Um, the time I know there's a a couple of people that I'd like to reach out to and I'm sure you've got a few people you'd like to reach out to too
1: who could definitely teach us a few few things about this what's interesting thing is like you know I talked to um, Yvonne's little brother Stephen is over in Vancouver and they're like as with all things Ireland is a bit behind in some of the our behavior and what was very interesting in his workplace was that they now wear badges which say he him his that has their pronouns and stuff on it yeah you know and it you know at first i was like i thought that's all a bit mad like you know whatever but then i realized that like if you have a sense of who you are as a person Mm -hmm. and that's intrinsically tied to language as it is yeah it's not just enough for you to know who you are if you're constantly referred to by the wrong pronoun throughout the day yeah, that's damaging every time you hear it. And it's Absolutely. not enough for people to say that I didn't know. Um, which, I mean, obviously it's difficult for people to know if they just meet you for the first time. But at yeah. least if you're in a workplace and you have that, I'd say that little act of having someone refer to you properly is quite liberating. Whereas like the, the inverse of that, being called, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have to admit, uh, once again, in the interest of radical candor, that when I first was introduced to the idea of referring to people as like they or them, hmm. My for a while, my initial instinct—I'm just being completely honest here. My initial instinct was like, "That's re- like, that's weird." I couldn't mm. wrap my head around it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I had no problem with calling someone who was, you know, born female sex but transitioned to male, male, or you know, mm. vice versa, female to male. But um, they then seemed to yeah. be just one step too far for me. I was like, "Well, you're just you're fucking with language here."
1: Well, I think it's because our sense of grammar is so kind of structured around that, too. You yeah. know,
0: the binary yeah. kind of logic. Mm. It's only recently, like, our, you know, my workplace would be the same as they, them. Um, yeah. He, her, you know, or he, yeah. she. Um, and so they don't wear badges, but it's, it's in our kind of ide- IDs and stuff. But
1: there's an interesting. Have you ever watched that TV show, Billions? No. Where they have. Uh, Actor on it who plays. Um, I'm trying want to phrase it correctly, but when they get introduced, you know, the first time they meet in in the building, it's like my pronouns are they, them, you know, and all that kind of stuff. They handled it very well um, throughout the whole show. Like it's, I think, one of the first instances of that nature of character on a mainstream TV show. And then I saw as well recently, and it was very interesting. Um, Dispatches from Elsewhere. Have you seen this movie or this TV show?
0: See, I'm terrible for possibly having seen things and forgotten yeah. the content, but knowing that, like, what's the title? So uh, Dispatches from story? Elsewhere, it's,
1: ah, oh, the actor's name eludes me now. I think it's Jason Sudeikis. He was the oh, main, right. he played Marshall in How I Met Your Mother. Yes, he's a big guy. Yes, you you yes. know him to see. Yeah, But he's kind of a guy who ends up on this, this kind of adventure on the streets of San Francisco or something. It's based right. on a real kind of like a staged event, like a flash mob kind of thing. But the um, the female lead is yeah. is the first female lead played by a, a post operative trans woman. All oh, right, and she talked about her experience of when she went to the casting call and wanted to be an actress, or whatever. And she was like, "Well, like you know, she's flicking through the script and was like." the nature of this tv show like this where's the where's the female lead who's the uh, she her own phrase now just to say she said where's the hot chick you know yeah and then she goes it occurred to me it's me <laughs> you know it was like how liberating it was to yeah finally and um part of the the tv show is like you know obviously a romantic entanglement even though i was just giving out about that a few minutes ago but it's a romantic entanglement between him and and this lady and his you know what was interesting about it was Almost like her coming to terms with him being willing to be romantically entangled right. with her as much as it's it's really that insightful kind of stuff. Um, yeah, that sounds really good. Set against this kind of unusual backdrop of like this fantastical adventure that is kind of semi-stage, semi-real, and it okay. breaks the fourth wall in the show as well sometimes. This is um, interesting. This and sounds very interesting. Andrea Three Thousand is in it. It's really? uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's well worth to
0: watch. It's well oh, worth. Oh, you're selling it, man. Anything that yeah. look for sure.
1: Um, but it just it gives a it really kind of explores people who are stuck in life and is that is that kind of sense of your man looking for a bit of magic and wonder in life and his his behavior around himself and who he is as a person yeah i think it would be a good jumping on point for people to kind of definitely explore some of that
0: i just find like a good perhaps a good rule of thumb seems to be and i'm learning how to do this now Is like if your immediate assumption is this yeah you're wrong (laughs) well Yeah, Not no, necessarily I'm, always, but yeah. if your immediate assumption is this, the first thing you need to do is be interrogating it before you yeah. act or comment on it. That yeah. seems to be like the giveaway. Mm-hmm. And so much of masculinity and toxic masculinity, going back to the kind of the starting mm-hmm. point for this discussion is about, as I said, kind of act first, think later almost. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the the cut and what's the word? The swashbuckling of the, the business room, mm-hmm. you know, the boardroom. It's the kind of the energy of the um, the stock market and the it's the, it's the aggressive conquering as, yeah. as we said and a lot of that needs to if you, if you just slow the fuck down and think yeah. and think and interrogate and interrogates and another thing actually Sinead said to me was when we were talking about parenting and how we were going to do it was like no one no one sat us down and said. Um, Look, when you're with someone, it's okay if you're going to feel horny and you're going to want to have sex. They're probably going to want it to too. But you f- if they don't want to, yeah. like no one actually said to me, but if, if not that I've, <laughs> they needed to, but, yeah. but no, w- there was never that talk of like, but if you get the slightest hint of, or if they change their mind, or if they, you know, whatever, you're not entitled to it, basically. Mm hmm that sense of entitlement is what seems to be so key to masculinity and if you don't exude that sense of well I'm going to command the room yeah. you know and st- puff out my chest and you know I'm going to command the conversation at this date and I'm going to command the, you know if you're not doing that then somehow you're not masculine and it just doesn't seem to sometimes the, the most the most uh, dignified thing you could do and the irony I know as our yammer on is not lost to me but is shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, I think I think you're right. It's, um... Damn
0: right, I'm right! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: sorry. You're the alpha in the room. <laughs> um, uh, look, I, I think what's important here is that we're saying it doesn't have to be the most somber thing in the world. What we're nope. saying is, you know, have pause around your behavior. Yeah. You know, think a bit more around what you do and, and don't expect that because you know a little bit you've suddenly been enlightened. <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah. that's the biggest danger i feel yeah you know um there's a very funny video that um i must find and it's to do with mansplaining which unfortunately we've probably all definitely done oh yeah a hundred percent for sure it's uh it's this new zealand comedy troupe they make they're kind of like the foil arms and hogs kind of vibe you know but they're they set all their stuff in a computer game shop and oh, it's, but they're not
0: musicians it's
1: not no it's not those two lads it's not the Eagles um, or whatever they're, they're called it's just this Blacks like, and Concords no no not them no. it's this humorous kind of oh Viva La Dirt League that's what they're called don't know them um, okay. yeah I mean some of it's quite funny some of it's 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 like if you've worked in retail it's very sympathetic right but it's it's horribly true where the lady is on the phone trying to like arrange the electric car off the mechanic and uh, she gets off the phone she's like oh my god and then the guy who's working with her goes, oh no, what he was just trying to, what he was trying to explain oh, to you. And you're like, dear. oh Jesus, oh Christ, please. Oh, no. We've probably done this, haven't we? Oh, horrible.
0: Yes. Cringe to see it. Yes. Um, yes. Absolutely. I don't know. There's, we could go on about this forever. There is an element of insecurity as well. Oh yeah. There's 100%. a sense of, for me anyway, I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to own it, right? That's why I keep saying, for me. <laughs> right? I'm trying to own my own toxic masculinity and admit, and admit it, right? But there is a sense of, but if I don't, uh, if I don't perform, <laughs> yeah, no sexual, innu- uh, no sexual innuendo intended. In is, but yeah. you know, if 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 I don't step up to the plate, if I don't know this, if I can't demonstrate my knowledge, if mm. I can then maybe I'm not doing a very good job in myself as, yeah. as the man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think what would be good is maybe if we could hear from some listeners and we we want stories from both sides of the fence we want yeah. stories from guys who've been humbled by their own experience of realizing where they're going wrong and even highlights from the women in our life about things we could possibly have said wrong in the last like 45 minutes there yeah. you know <laughs> honest to God like Tell it's, us where we're it's wrong the only, it's the only way for anyone and all of us to learn yeah Absolutely. you know you're here but so, also,
0: do like and follow us, please. Yes.
1: Because <laughs> we want to be the number one. <laughs> yes. That's very important to us. Yeah. Um, any yeah. uh, any good resource. <laughs> I, I, look, I don't think there's anything wrong with a sensey... Sensey? <laughs> a healthy... <laughs> sensey. <laughs> a healthy sense of yourself and others around you, but also a healthy sense of, like, you know, a slight edge of, of, of comedy in, in how you approach your self-education in life because... Yeah. Otherwise, it's like you said, if you're pushing against the tide to be better the whole time, it's, it can be exhausting. You, you have to be willing to see the flaws in yourself. Yeah, exactly. And I guess, actually, you know what? That's probably just it. It's a willingness to be seen to fail, a willingness to be seen to be the butt of the joke. Yeah. is something that guys in general have a real issue with. It's vulnerability,
0: you know? I'm telling you, man.
1: You just kind of have to get over yourself. Yeah, exactly. You know and once you do, maybe you'll come out of it a better person.
0: Once you get over yourself, you might get under yourself. Yeah. Ooh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> okay.
1: So, without further ado, I think we'll wrap it up there. Before we, uh,
0: we'll just withdraw.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I hope that was unintentional, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> really do. Uh, so, on that note, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is it for today. Thanks so much as ever for joining us, and we will catch you next week. <laughs>